Welcome to this week's edition of Education Transformation. In this episode, I'm joined by Debbie Norman. Debbie shares her experiences of what it is like to be a long-term education advisor within the country of Kiribati. Debbie was based within the bustling environment of South Tarawa, where there are around 15,000 inhabitants per square kilometre. To put that into perspective, that's the equivalent of two and a half times the density of Tokyo. This is a wonderful discussion that captures the challenges and rewards of these important international development roles. Transformation Consultancy also facilitates educational institutional reviews. Learn more at www.transformationconsultancy.com.au. So today we're joined with Debbie Norman, um, who is a colleague and a friend over a number of years now. She's been a uh, an LTA as teaching and learning support um, in the country of Kiribati. So LTA refers to a long-term advisor. So welcome, Debbie. Thank you, Lee. So Debbie, um, most people sort of find themselves arriving into adult education, um, almost falling into it rather than that was their plan and their career path from, from day one when they left school. So how did you get into adult education? Oh, Lee, I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, I started out in... Uh, insurance and then moved into the computer industry in the 80s and then when the big retrenchments all happened in the 90s I was out of that however that gave me skill sets to go out and do teaching I was doing end user support through my career and people still wanted to know how to use computers in-house so not so much at home because they really hadn't taken off And so from there, I was doing workshops at the local community centres. And as I moved into a different career of um, natural therapies, I was also teaching that. So it was quite interesting how I really got into it. And then in the, um, the turn of the century, I moved up to where I am now and I had to look for work. So I approached the local community centre and I started doing more teaching. And from there, I moved into a private RTO or job, a JSA in those days and was asked to teach the Cert 3 in aged care because I was currently doing natural therapies in a local aged care centre. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's how I started into adult education, Lee. And, and that's, yeah, that's the career path from there. And of course, you're naturally um, a gifted teacher. You, you've got that personality about you. So um, you can just see how it unfolded over time, I suppose. Yeah, if you'd told me, you know, 50 years ago, 20 years ago, that I'd be a teacher and and even worked in a place where I wanted to, as as in Kiribati, I would never have believed you. It has just unfolded amazingly. Mm, mm, mm. Fantastic. All right, so let's uh, skip on a little bit. So you arrive in Kiribati. Um, what, What year did you arrive? I first went over in 2015 for a holiday. Um, to explain how I wanted to go to Kiribati, back in the 70s, we had to study in the book, The Island, of Pattern of Islands, sorry. And I've always wanted to go over to these islands. So it took me a long time to get there. So I decided for my birthday to go um, for a week. And people don't <laughs> go there for a holiday. So that was a big shock coming in, coming out of the international airport, which I had never experienced before, trying to find someone to pick me up. 
and then go to my accommodation and a little bit of a culture shock going into it. However, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And whilst I was there, I managed to meet someone who offered me a job at the local Catholic high school teaching English. And mm-hmm. then 2016, I went back to be a mentor, coach and teacher at the Sacred Heart High School. One day after Mass, because we had to attend Mass, I met up with the then current director of KIT, Kiribati Institute of Technology, and he had heard that I was on the island because he knew I was a TAFE teacher of community services and he needed to someone to help his staff. And that's how it started to work at KIT. Right, right. That's right, because in Queensland you were a, uh, a TAFE lecturer, weren't you, for community that's services? That's correct. Yes, and yes, that yes. was aged care, leisure and health and other, uh, other courses, including RPLing. Yes, yeah, recognition for the prior learning, yep. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So a lot of that would work really nicely in the in the country of Kiribati because of the needs that presented. Oh, absolutely. And uh, their country, their people really want to get into a modern world. And so having their staff trained as well as their students well trained to work outside their country is a priority. Mm-hmm. Now, people might think, uh, listening in, they might think Kiribati, so Kiribati is... Uh, Tell me if I'm correct here. You've lived there much. I fly in, fly out, but you've lived there, so you'd have much better understanding. But my understanding is I fly to Fiji, and then from there it's about four hours north, four and a half hours north, uh, up past the equator. Am Mm -hmm. I correct in my geography? Yes, there's two. uh, South Tarawa, which is the main um, atoll, is two degrees above the equator. Right. Right. And and the country's made up of approximately 230 islands from memory? Yes, yeah, something. Yes, and 38 um, inhabitable um, atolls. And it's the only country or republic that uh, crosses the four quadrants of the hemispheres. Yes, yes. Fascinating place. Mm, mm, um, it's a big place. Now, Yes, and so and so so we we we've certainly lived and worked worked in uh, Tarawa, um, correct, and uh, and that's been very interesting. But uh, so people listening in might think, look, it's fantastic working Pacific Island, and and they may Google it and see some great photos of Kiribati, but it's a pretty hard place to work, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, it is. So many people came over and thought it was Fiji with the resorts and the pool boys ordering cocktails and all that. It is not that. This is the one of the poorest countries in the Pacific. The coral dust is everywhere. There's no beautiful golden beaches. Mm. Life is hard mm. and it's really, um, how's the best way to say it? It's really tough because child mortality only up to about 10, 20 years ago was extremely high. Mm. Um, and I don't know how many butakis or events or birthdays I went to to celebrate a child turning one because they saw if the child made one years old, they've got a good chance surviving till 10 and then beyond. Mm, 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 mm. It is not that you can go and get all these beautiful fruit and vegetables. When I was first there, there was nothing much coming in other than carrots and onions and then local vegetables, and they'd just gone through a horrendous two and a half years of um, flooding rain. So a lot of local vegetables that were grown couldn't grow in that amount of rain. Mm. So it's it's not like you can go down to Coles or Woolies or whatever and buy whatever you want. That's not how it is. 
It leads me on to another question. I'm going to ask it. Perhaps it's out yeah. of sequence as to our, uh, of our conversation that, um, that we, had, we had thought out. But yep. um, I'm going to ask it in the context of, so your role was to support and, 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 and the organisation that you worked for had, had dozens and, and continues to have dozens of uh, short-term advisors coming in yes. and out, such as me. So I've, yes. I've come in now for oh, coming up to two and a half years, maybe longer now, mm. um, working with the organisation. But, but so people like myself, we arrive for a month and we work there for a month and then from there we depart. And, we, yeah. and, and for me, I come back in about three months' time and I work there again for a month. And, and your role was intricate, in, intricate to that, very, very important because what you did is you helped facilitate the ongoing professional development that needed to occur between yeah. visits. But also you're a wealth of knowledge in that, okay, Lee, this has happened since you've since you've uh, departed and now you've just returned. This has happened, that's happened, that's happened. You had great empathy for the realities of, of what was going on outside of the campus yeah. um, in that it is, you know, the families and the lecturers encounter um, many more challenges than what we would in, in developed nations. Oh, absolutely. And it's simple things as if one of the ladies had had, for example, one of the ladies had just had a baby, the family, mother or daughter, whatever, would bring the baby down for the mother to feed and she would leave, go out because the priority was for the family. Or there was another example is that we had a major event or butaki where the students had to practice dancing. So that meant all the classes were cancelled. Mm. And we're trying mm. to achieve something in our Australian idea. No, the dancing is a major priority and you just had to work with that because it's different priorities in their lives than what we're used to. Yes, yes, very much so, very much so. Mm. Um, you know, I've encountered lecturers that, that, won't, that, that don't wear shoes. Um, oh, but when you actually inquire as to why they don't wear shoes, culturally it has a whole a much, much bigger story. Um, and, and becomes certainly, you know, you, you certainly then understand if you bother to ask the questions rather than just telling people you must wear shoes. If you Absolutely. inquire over the fact that, look, you know, on weekends, if I wear shoes during the week, then my feet get soft, I'll get cut on coral when I'm trying to catch fish for my family on the weekends. And so the story goes and it makes it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It does. And then just because you have a pair of shoes, an example, I, when I came back for one of my breaks, I bought my colleague a pair of shoes and I said, where are they? Oh, my older sister has the right over them and now she's got them. Oh, mm. and, that's, and that was the thing. As it if, um, so it's called a bubacy, which is that you could come in and say, I need those shoes. I've got a job interview. So she took them. And that's the last she saw them. There's no expectation of being um, getting them back. Mm. And so that's it. I go, mm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to learn all the time. <laughs> oh, it is. And it's like, and I laughed. And um, clothing or anything. Uh, so what I learnt was that I would say, this is from me for you, not for your family. This is very special. And it made it that, that's how I got, and so then it was honoured. I learned yes, very quickly. Okay. Then it was yeah. honoured that it was not taken off the person, and that the family was very chuffed to think an expat or an imitang 
would give their family members something so special that they didn't want the rest of the family to have access to. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, you just got to frame it the right way. In general terms, do you think, now obviously obviously, short-term advisors aren't necessarily going to understand the culture like you've just explained there, one, oh. one such example, but do you think they arrive with, with an empathetic mindset to um, accommodate the culture in the context of they arrive with their agenda and they want to get this done and that done and so forth, but sometimes that's just not possible? Oh, no. Look, I found the ones that had worked in other places like Afghanistan or Uzbekistan uh, or something like that or any of the other islands and they had been doing it for many, many years, they sort of had a better understanding and know that you had to work with them. The ones that came in brand new to the industry, just out of university or just, you know, they're about to be a big cog in, a, in the world instead of a small cog back home, I'd see people come in on the Friday, make, oh, I've done all these changes, leave the um, Thursday morning and couldn't understand why six months later it wasn't their project wasn't working or their implementation wasn't working. A lot of people come over thinking, oh, it's just like Australia, New Zealand, America or wherever and expect changes to happen. It doesn't. Mm. It mm. doesn't work like that. And People will say, the local people will say, yes, yes, yes. And so I learned to say in that regard is give me an imitang yes or no, not a Kiribati yes, because they will say yes until the, the sun sets, not to upset you. Yes, yes. And, and imitang being um, yeah, imitang Western culture. Being expat, yeah. white or any, any colour. It's, yeah. it's really interesting is that the people who are willing to work with the folk achieve amazing results yes yes um i just see the attitude of some people coming is just another form of colonialism do it my way or the highway and it's not going to work we wouldn't like it happen to us so why should they like it yeah sure sure absolutely now i i'm i'm, I'm glad you've stated that because um in my time going in and out of well i work in two institutions over there but i've seen yeah. similar traits so um, I think it's really important to. It doesn't matter where we're working in. You know that, that we're in a um, a uh, really we're being hosted by another yes. nation, so we need to respect that and honour that, um, and and work with them to accomplish whatever it is that that the faculty would like to aspire to. And, and you're right, Lee. And it's uh, we're a guest. It's an honour and a privilege for us to be mm. there, not the other way around. Mm. And to see some of the capacity building that I have um, done like I've been back now nearly 18 months and I'm still in contact with some of my former colleagues and to see what they mm. are achieving and I'm just it just makes me warm and fuzzy to think it's still going on yeah that's right it's still going on and and a large part of it is your input um, and they're they're continuing on with it and and to their credit to those people's credit they are they are uh, uh, embracing what's been presented to them and take it further. So that's, that's yeah. just a wonderful thing to see. True. Did you find it challenging um, to escape your professional role on weekends or in your personal time? Uh, not, not necessarily. Because I sort of embraced their culture, I was just so grateful mm. that there was a real Western-style coffee shop that was mm -hmm. my saving grace. Yes. Lee. All I can yeah. say is thank heavens for Chatterbox. 
we, we, we met there almost every weekend. That's oh, right. Every yes. Saturday morning, I, that was my favourite spot. And as I told the owners, I said, this is my mental health. Thank you for being there. Um, look, yes and no. I had books and I had um, managed to get TV shows and all that because there was no television at that stage, nothing satellite really other than CNN and that type of stuff. And I'm quite happy in my own company so that was good but I need to see people and do things during the day night time it's not an issue and I also lived in a self-contained unit which made a big difference I did have a few other um, volunteer friends and they were had the same similar uh, philosophy as I did and so that made easy I found it very hard to connect with the ones that came in and I'm here to save the world attitude and I tolerated them but I, they weren't my friends and the ones that had the similar philosophy, I'm still friends with them now and I've visited a few of them in their countries where they now currently reside. Mm-hmm. I also, too, attended a lot of local butakis or events and I was often asked to go and it was an honour to have me or an ex uh, imitang. However, I thoroughly enjoyed it because there's the dancing in the food and I love the food. I have to say, I don't eat seafood, so I did survive because I reckon I've eaten 3,000 chicken legs in my three years there. And and I've just embraced and loved watching their dancing, the way they interact, and I've started to learn the language, which also helped. Mm, I think that yes. that's how I managed the weekends. Um, I couldn't go out a lot. The sun was a bit too strong for my skin. However, I managed to go and enjoy their um, church services mm-hmm. and then yep. I made friends through that way too. Yep. So yep. that hopefully that answers your question, Lee. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, the college we worked, um, yep. it's looked upon perhaps very differently to how we would uh, look upon an adult education institution mm-hmm. in our in our in our um, home country of Australia. Um, so I've had it explained to me that the college is looked upon with great greater awe in a way in that it's their equivalent of their national rugby team because they don't have a rugby team. So it's, 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 it, it's held in, in very high regard. Is that how you would view it? Oh, absolutely. It is seen as an honour and privilege to be from the simple as the grounds person up to uh, the deputy director to be a student it is such great honour for the family to have a, a sibling or an offspring at the school. It is seen that they will get a skill set that is equivalent to Australia and New Zealand standards so that their child or their family member could go overseas to work and earn more money. When the average wage is only $3.05 or $0.50 cents an hour, working overseas is seen as a major uh, benefit for the family. Mm-hmm. The to say when oh sorry when I was coming in each six months I'd leave and have a break I used to say oh where are you working at immigration at the airport and I would say KIT thank you for coming and helping our mm-hmm. people yeah. thank you you're so, we are so uh, honoured that you are here helping our people yeah. Yeah. And that is, and it still makes me go warm and goosebumpy every time I still think of it. Um, that these people were really honoured to feel that we came over to sp- and live with them. 
Yes, yeah, it's 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 very humbling, isn't it? Um, uh, extremely humbling, yeah. and um, I still some things I still think about what it, people have said to me, um, and to ask me to make speeches. I know this might be a little bit off the the topic, but KIT was seen as a family. Now their culture is all about clans and family, and I don't know how many times I was asked to give a speech at a butaki or an event in representing KIT as a mm. family. And that's how they see KIT. It's mm -hmm. one big family and you look out for your family and you're part of your family. When we had, um, unfortunately, members of the staff or students pass away, KIT definitely was at the funeral and yes. we represented it because that person was part of our family. Yes, very much so. And and all too frequently, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, I, in the three years, I think I've been to about 30 funerals. Mm, and I just mm. it's just mind. And that's a bit of the culture shock, which we can talk about later on. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's move on to a happy... A happier note. <laughs> a happy topic. Um, in your time in the Pacific working, working in Kiribati, um, what were some of the uh, educational outcomes that you saw um, achieved? Oh, I think I just think when you was talking about this before, I just thought of some wonderful stories. My first um, stint at KIT was a STA like yourself that kept getting extended, and I moved into the community services. And I, the learning material came from an RTO in Australia, and they were all talking about Outback Australia as remote stuff. And I'm going, they had no concept. The teachers had no concept of what. A desert mm. was. Mm. Aboriginal people, no drama, they understood that, but they couldn't get the concept. So I sat down and worked them and I said, okay, it means remoteness, so give me an idea of what's remote for you. So we worked out this really remote atoll and how the people about that. So that I got them to start thinking, don't worry about Australia in this, mm -hmm. we've got to bring this to Kiribati. Oh, yeah. can we do that? Yes, because your students won't understand so mm. it, that took a period of time and then um, one day they approached me and said, how about we use this scenario? And I'm going, brilliant, you've got it. Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. It's not an Australian. Yes, we've got to do Australian standards. However, the scenario can be Ikiribus. How is the student not going to understand or understand if you don't present it to them in their context? Yes, that's right. And, and, and you did a lot of... A lot of that work uh, oh, across yeah. multiple programs, didn't you? That yes. was a, a key component of your uh, role. Yeah, and it, it's real. I learnt so much about the country myself, and one of them was an advocacy unit, which is a standard for community services. So I managed to get in a very well-known female lawyer, which is mm -hmm. wonderful, and she started telling us all about custom law and British law because when the Brits left in 79, they kept the British law. However, custom law will replace British law in certain areas and it's like land and all that. And she had us captivated. But what the most wonderful thing about that, Lee, was that 75% of our students are female. She represented what a female in Kiribati could achieve mm. and that mm. to me is amazing mm. because it's – it's these students are going to be the movers and shakers of the next generation, not mm. us expats. We go. No, no, exactly right. They're there. Exactly yeah, so right. she was brilliant. So that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about that was learning more about the country than myself. Yes, yes. 
And on that, uh, with development, um, in many instances, we can we can set out. This is my personal my personal mm-hmm. opinion. We can set out to achieve uh, a whole series of objectives, etc. And uh, we might be implementing those objectives over the next twelve months, over the next two years. And it's all mapped out and it's all planned as mm-hmm. it would be back in Australia and, and away mm-hmm. we go. And, uh, of course, there's all these unplanned for events that occur <laughs> right throughout that period of time, doesn't matter how long it is. When you left um, and, and elected to say, all right, I've accomplished what I, what I can do here and it's time to go home, when, when you reached that, that mental decision, did you achieve everything that you'd set out to achieve or did you think, uh, you know what, this, this is what I can do and now it's time for the next person to pick up and, and continue the development process in conjunction with the staff that are, that are doing a fantastic yeah. job? Yeah, it's the latter, is that I could only achieve so much. Um, it ta- will take time and I felt that I made good foundations. A good STA like yourself was there is still carrying on the good work and it was about time for this the staff to start doing the things without training. It's like the bicycle without the training wheels. I was mm. the training mm. wheels and it mm. was my time to go off the bike mm-hmm. and for them to do it. There was more I'd like to achieve. However, the reality is, as you said, it's a long-term project. It's not just something over a, a year or two years. Mm. And uh, looking back, and I, st- and I go through my photos at the moment and I'm going, oh, yeah, Oh, yeah, yep, that was achieved. That was awesome. And to see one year them running their own, the staff running their own personal development program and no Imitang involved, no expats, no STA or LTAs mm-hmm. involved, yep. Yep. that was another. I thought, nah, it's time for me to go. It's, it's a big step. Now yeah. they've done this. They don't yeah. need me as much as what they think they do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I had a... Towards the end of your tenure there, they had a really positive outlook, the staff, didn't they? And they were really uh, willing to take on professional responsibilities to stretch themselves. And when you're teaching your own faculty, that can be challenging. But uh, to mm-hmm. their credit, the heads of department and some of the team leaders really took up that challenge and ran those professional development activities. Oh, yes, absolutely. In that period of two and a half years being at KIT, to see them from being spoon-fed to mm. or like children and then all of a sudden they've been turned into adults as in teaching and taking responsibilities because previously to get the foundations in line that was what had to happen then all of a sudden they could be what yes. they really wanted to be lecturers right. as what their terminology there is in the true sense that we're expected to do back in Australia or New Zealand yes yes now you're a, out of out of uh, all of the um uh, long-term advisors and short-term advisors that I've worked with in in that context, and I've worked probably with dozens. You are by far the person that builds trusting relationships with the staff, and much of it is based upon the fact you spent the time to listen and you spent the time to invest into their into their personal lives and understand people as holistically as possible, um, mm. which many didn't do. So that's that's fairly important, isn't it? extremely important and thank you for that um lee i it's hard to see it myself i just do it and then when someone like yourself says it it just makes me thank you thank you it is it's um the simple things of what you know knowing about their family um i had one of my colleagues wasn't well and i said you've got to go to the hospital and she said no 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 i said i'm driving you that's it so i went to the head 
person there and explain the situation and I said I'm willing to spend the morning with this person going from hospital to hospital which sounds uh, nothing to us however this is a major event mm, mm. Um, and the medical levels in Kiribati aren't the world's greatest mm. for sure and going from Beso hospital down to Neveriveri it, that took like three quarters of an hour to an hour but my concern was her health and her family because it anything happened to her it would affect quite a few people yes yes that's on one side the other side to, to be invited to birthday parties and all that and just to see how they celebrate and i'm going they're no different from us they're beautiful they love their family yes. it's all yes. about the eating it's all about sharing and mm. Mm. understanding that and what they also then bringing it back to work is how they want the best for their students mm. Mm. They Absolutely. Take, they have they a genuine they, passion, don't they? They do. And what I loved about the students, when I did take a few classes, they were sponges. They just wanted more information, more information. Mm. They just wanted to learn, which is a wonderful situation to be in. Yes, yes, exactly right. No, fantastic. Now, you get on the plane, you're heading home. You get <laughs> home or you arrive in, in Kiribati. So you arrive in Kiribati or you arrive back home, back into Australia um, after a number of years. What's what's more profound with regards to culture shock? Arriving in, in a new country where you have no understanding, no knowledge of, of, the, of, of uh, the environment or arriving back in your home country? Oh, Gosh, it's hard. I just, um, I think it's a bit of both. I know the first time I came back after 10 months, I just stood in the local supermarket and went, oh my, look at all the vegetables. Oh my, look at all the fruit. So the first time I came, I was overwhelmed with choice from a supermarket. Mm. That was my biggest coming back home was just too much choice. Mm. Then coming back to Kiribati, it was like, oh, one's, really only once coffee shop, but I adapted. But coming back after three years, coming back, it was like people would complain about things and I thought, this is just a first world problem. It's I've seen worse things and, and nobody understood what I had experienced mm -hmm. and only other people. So I learned very quickly that not that they weren't interested, is that they had no concept mm. of what I was mm. talking about. And so I stopped talking about my experiences or my problems and then just connected with, um, which I stayed friends with, an STA and a uh, volunteer. And it's only through those two ladies that really understood how I felt because they'd come back earlier and I could connect through that way. But other than that, it was... Um, the ability to do things easily, to move around, to get food. But also, too, I think what I found was that there was more disconnection about the family, as where back in Kiribati it was all about the family. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's what I think I learnt, I learnt coming back. It was that we were so still individuals. We weren't part of a family as such. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. I, I've I've found that uh, working in, in in nations over the years, I've found that uh, upon our return, uh, your friends, your family, they just have no understanding what you did, um, 
and they have no aspiration to do what you do. <laughs> no, no, you're right. They are, I think when I used to tell my mother how hot and the humidity, they all said, we're not coming over. I said, why don't you just come over for a week? No, not coming over. And one girlfriend wanted to come over. She said, can you book me in a place with a pool? Pool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not possible. That's only not... the Australian high com or the New True. Zealand high com. So, no, True. no, that's not happening. <laughs> Yeah, so I I, I I tend to think. Uh, look, Kiribati and 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 developing nations they all have their their distinct characteristics, which is uh, very interesting. Yes. Um, but I tend to think that uh, and and challenging. But I tend to think working or returning back into your home country, back into Australia or wherever it may be, um, it's actually more challenging because you you sort of mentally think I shouldn't be confronted like this because I'm yeah. home, but in many ways you are. I do. Uh, well, yes, and one of the things that I, for me was also clothing because I was very respectful of what I wore because a lot of expats come in with the skimpy shorts, the skimpy tops, which is not acceptable over there, especially for women, to show their thighs mm. Mm. nor um, shoulders, you know. And so I used to wear the long skirts and shorts, um, short sleeves but not singlety type stuff and mm. that I found was quite interesting coming back to Australia I didn't have to wear the long skirts anymore and it really felt weird mm. and I could wear wear a singlet top yes yes very different very different and um on leaving one of the the head um deputy director male just said to me he appreciated that I respected their culture by wearing long skirts Mm. And, I, and it was something as simple as that. And as I said, it's really weird now for me to wear long skirts back here. But that was the big, was the clothing that I could mm. now wear and not and be and be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's uh, it's small things uh, from from this perspective. But when you're in these nations, very important. Yeah. Oh, extremely important. Um, especially going into their many arbor, which is their meeting hut. Um, I don't know how many pe- women I had to uh, get um, uh, what they call a, a sarong, but a um, sulu around yep. them because they came in with shorts on mm-hmm. and exposed their thighs or they showed no respect. And a lot of it the time they just didn't know. And that's what I find quite frustrating is that these people never never were told or mm. didn't understand mm. the culture mm. of what yep. the many arbor. The many arbor is very important, the mm. rules. The meeting area. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, Debbie, what are the benefits, in your opinion, of working in a developing nation? Oh, I was thinking about that, Lee, and it's it's just so many. One, personally, I learnt more about myself. I certainly yes. grew in my knowledge, yep. my appreciation of other ways to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, in my personal, um, I think spiritually I learnt a lot. What I also got was pretty chuffed was I know I planted seeds. I might mm. never see the plant. Mm. It might come out as a seedling as I'm there, but I, I know I planted a lot of seeds within the folk that are there and outside KIT. Um, and that for me in a developing country is to see that maybe in 50 years' time, if I'm still alive, is to say I had a bit to do with that. Absolutely. I Absolutely. had a bit. And, and, um, and 
is we know Lee, we might never see the full results, but we've planted something in somebody's mind to change, and that's us. And I think that's fantastic in any, any developing country. Yeah, good on you. Good on you. That's uh, it's a nice summary. Would you go back or would you go to another developing nation into the future? Uh, when you first asked me, I'd say in a heartbeat. Would I go mm. back to Kiribati? I don't know if I would. I would. I'm constantly asked when am I coming back, and under the circumstances we're in at the moment, it will be quite a while. But if I get an opportunity, absolutely. Mm. I feel that's where my vocation is. It's not a job, and I really got a little bit peeved when people said, "Oh, it's my job." It's not a job. It's a passion. Mm. It's a vocation. Mm. If, mm. if you're over there to make the money. Yeah, there's not much out of it. You, you know, you, you get the money, that's it. Be pretty darn hollow. But to me, it's a passion to be there and to see the changes in people's lives yes. and, and add yes. something to them. And more importantly to myself, because it's a two-way street with mm. this working in a developed country. It's two I get something out of it, they get something out of it, Immensely. and it's not monetary. No, that's right. That's right. You, you learn so much and you gain yeah. so much and you... You're right. You develop as a person in so many different ways. That's right. Absolutely. Debbie, on behalf of all STAs that have worked with you on that project over the years, um, I would like to say thank you uh, because uh, you played a significant role in supporting our efforts as we came in and out. And without people like you, it would have been very difficult to see the results that we achieved. Um, So thanks so much. My pleasure. And once again, thank you for your kind words. And I'm starting to see myself in a new light, which I appreciate your feedback. Pleasure.